sometimes you never know the why of why God has you to do something. Now for the parables of life. Buenos dias, como esta mucho frío. <laughs> That's about the extent of my Spanish. <laughs> my third book, which was the most commercially successful, was entitled Parables of Life. And it's kind of what I want to entitle today's message because it's a series of stories, a series of events, much like the way Jesus taught. Jesus taught in parables. He used current day situations to explain eternal principles of life. And for today... I'm just going to use some of the current stories of life to explain some spiritual eternal principles. Parables of life. Number one, a lot of you are wondering what I'm doing here because for the past couple of years I've spent the months of January and the months of July away. It was by God's command. He said, once you start drawing your full Social Security, which happened when I turned 66 in two months, you'll spend every January and every July away. And I always ask God, where do I go? Last year, I spent January in the country of Iceland. I spent July in the country of the Philippines. This year... God instructed me to study for January, and I decided on taking an immersive Spanish course in the country of Costa Rica. I was not due to return until January 31st, and I'm going to tell you the story of why I'm back. And even today, I was planning on using a recorded message that I recorded in Costa Rica. It was edited. It was ready to go. And I wasn't even coming to church today. I was just going to play that message. But the message wouldn't upload to the website for the AV department to download it and play it. It, just, it would upload 99% and then just stop and said, error, failed. I tried it about a half a dozen times. It just wouldn't upload. I said, well, if it won't upload, let me just put it on a flash drive and it would transfer to the flash drive get almost there error failed and after something happens multiple times that there is no technical explanation for you begin to ask maybe I'm not supposed to play the Lord am I supposed to be there today God says yes he said, but you don't play that message. I want you to talk. No script, no written notes. 
He said there's one person in particular who will benefit tremendously by one thing that you will say. I have no idea who that is. I have no idea what the thing is. But God knows what you need, when you need it. And for that one person that they may be significantly impacted by that one thing, then that thing is coming. You know, it's like Jesus when he went to the pool of Bethesda. And I've always wondered why he only healed one person out of five porches of people, crowded, overloaded, all sick. He went in and healed one man and walked away and left all the mother folk. And yet I'm sure Jesus had the power to heal everybody, but he healed one man, walked away, left all them folks. Sometimes God will do stuff and it's just for you. It's just for one person. So whoever that person is, keep your mind and spirits open because you don't know who it is and you don't even know what it is, but you'll know it when you hear it. It'll prick your spirit and hopefully that'll move you to action. As I went to Costa Rica, I first of all got a lot of benefit, but the benefit was not in Spanish. See, Elijah, as he introduced me, he said I was a top student. He was joking because I had sent all of my brothers an email that not only was I not the top student, I was the worst student. <laughs> In the school, and I did check and I looked at all the criteria, and they said you could come and you could take the immersive Spanish with absolutely zero Spanish knowledge, because that's about what I had, was zero Spanish knowledge. So I'm in the class, three other people in our section, because I'm in the bottom section, they send you through what they call placement. And I told the lady, I said, look, you're giving me any kind of test. I can tell you right now, I'm not a, I can't speak any Spanish at all, so there's no need of you giving me a test. You put me in the beginning, bottom class, because I know no Spanish. And she's spoken, mm, I know no Spanish. <laughs> so I'm in this class, and the other two people there, they knew Spanish. I'm the only person in the whole school with just no Spanish knowledge whatsoever. So they knew some Spanish. So this is the first time I've ever been in a group where I'm on the dead bottom. And it was an humbling experience. And after I had been in that class for one week, I was in the middle of my second week there, and I told him, I said, this has been soul cleansing. Because I'm used to being on the top. And I'm on the dead bottom, the appearance of the stupidest person in the class. But there's something that's humbling about that. I've been through, that was my second experience with being humbled tremendously. But there's something about that experience that cleanses the soul. And as I got into the second weekend, I just had to accept I'm the least qualified. I am the least capable. I have the least knowledge in this area of anybody in this room. And when I realized that and accepted that and understood that, there was something about that that was cleansing to the soul. And I understood why God said when he talked about these seven things are an abomination to me and I hate. Number one was a proud look. 
sometimes God has to take some of us through an humbling experience where we get rid of the puffiness, where we get rid of the pride, where we become like a child and we become humble and we become accepting that some of the things and some of the places that I have and that I'm blessed with is by the grace of God, not by my own might. And I'm sitting in this class every day struggling and other people it looks like it's coming easy to because they started further along than where I was and one of the young ladies she was in her 30s or so she was from New Zealand the other lady was from the US and she was 71 and at the end of the class I told her this has been soul cleansing I appreciate you all because it has helped me tremendously with humility and I just feel lighter pride is a weight you all may not understand it or believe it but pride is a weight it's a weight and it's a vision blur. I talked about it in the sermon called Why 50 Cent? And it had to do with when I spoke at Dick Gregory's funeral and how that experience, after it was over, it was the most humbling experience that I'd been through. But after it was, I felt so light and my physical vision literally cleared to where I could see better than 2020. And I'm saying, what is happening here? And I felt like that in that class. And I was telling the, my other classmates, I appreciated them. It had helped me so much. And the 71-year-old lady, she said, this is my third time in this class. <laughs> and I'm thinking I'm so, you know, stupid. But she said, this is my third time. But it taught me a lot. And that was one of the biggest experiences. As I'm sitting in the class, probably the second day in the class, male teacher and God speaks he is the reason you're here I have sent you here to bless him that's another thing in revelation sometimes we think the mission is always about us and sometimes it's not sometimes you're meant to be sent places and I've had so many instances where God has sent me into places to be an angel to be a blessing and I didn't want to go and I'm sitting in this class as uncomfortable as I can be. And then God reveals, the reason I have led you here is to bless this man. And after I'd been in the class for a week, I finally went up and told him, I said, I'm not here to learn Spanish. God has sent me here to be a blessing into your life. And on my next to the last day of the class, I gave him an envelope that was stuffed full, had a little note in it. And God says, you're going to make an impact that will forever change this man's life. And that's why I've sent you to the place. So sometimes our purpose is different than what we think. So why am I back early? And there's a lot of stories, a lot of parables in this. It's due to a young lady named Chris. Chris is the wife of Rob. Rob used to be in this church. He edits the videos for the church. And his wife worked for a company. The company kind of went out of business, so she was without a job for a while. Highly qualified, but it, she was having a hard time finding a job. And door after door was mysteriously closed. And then 
she would get an offer, and then all of a sudden the stuff would change, and she had an offer, and then the company's computer system went down. And she says, it's just strange, all of these blocks. And I said, well, when you look at stuff, and whenever I see something that is happening, and it defies statistical probability, it lets me know God is moving in this thing, and I need to ask what this thing is about. I said, you've seen these doors close. And I asked, I said, has God spoken anything to you? And she said, well, yeah. I said, what is the thing? She said, he's just been speaking to me over and over, event helpers. And when she said that, something clicked. And I heard God speak, you can invest in that. And it's like, Chris, I just heard God say, I can invest in it. I'm going to invest in event helpers. She said, yeah, it's been on my spirit. I hear God speaking it, but I mean, I need a solid job. And if I step out on this thing like this on faith, it just I'm just scared. I said, well, you got an investor that will back you. You just need to do what God has told you to do. I said, now be warned. The minute you accept this, doors are going to open, but those doors are going to be distractions. And she said, yeah, because you told me, give it 30 days and I'll get an offer. And she got an offer right at that 30-day point, but the company's computer's locked up. The minute she decided to do event helpers, the computer's unlocked. And the company wanted her to start and come work. I said, that's a distraction. God has told you. So James and I, we invested in her company and a startup. Startups are risky as they can be because the vast majority of startups never make it. And just because God tells you something, that don't mean it's going to be successful financially. That's another thing that people get confused. They think because God is directing me in this, oh, it's going to make a whole lot of money. No, sometimes God sends you through the wilderness. And he'll send you through the wilderness for purpose. And we always think it's always about money. God can easily give you money. Often it's not about money. It's about taking us to another level, taking us closer to him. And sometimes for God to take you closer to him, he's got to humble you. He's got to strip you. He's got to send you in a position where you are receptive, where you are bowed and sometimes bent. And there's no other alternative but God. But we think just because God is telling us, go this path, oh, it's easy. No. A lot of God stuff, they're mountains and they're wildernesses, and we don't understand that until we get in the middle of it. And we say, Lord, this ain't rough. Usually when God sends you somewhere, it'll be rough. So I'd been helping her with the business, with ideas and concepts to start. And she texted me on a Thursday morning, about 7 o'clock in Costa Rica, which is 8 o'clock in the morning in Atlanta, and the text was simply, call me, please. And normally, I tell people, don't just call me on my phone because I got stuff to do. If you got my phone number, you text, call it free. So it wasn't call it free. It was call me, please, which was different. So I called her. And she said, I just got out of my prayer closet. And God just shook me in my prayer closet. And it's over and over and over with this vision and it's about you and she's I'm hesitant to even tell you I said well what is it 
And she says, God is showing me you need to come home. And you need to come home today. And you need to come home and you need to be in the physical presence of your wife. I'm saying, huh? <laughs> I said, you're telling me, God is telling you, I need to come home today just to be in the physical presence of my wife. She said, I don't know what it's about. She said, I don't know what's going on. She said, I don't know. All I know is God has shaken me with this, and I had to let you know, and that's it. So I said, I'll ask God about it. And when we hung up the phone, I prayed, I asked God, and God only would speak one thing to me. I could hear it real clear, and it was Matthew 18, 20. I looked it up, and Matthew 18, 20 said, and Jesus told them, tell no man that I am the Christ. I said, what that got to do with anything? I said, I can't get a thing out of that. That means nothing, no clarity, no nothing. So then I looked at my flight that I was going to take on January 31st, and it was Delta Flight 1820. So I said, let me look at Matthew 1820. So I looked at Matthew 1820. It's the words of Jesus, and he said, Wherever two or three are gathered in my name, there I will be in the midst of them. And I took that as a sign. He was telling me, go home, be with your wife, and I'll be in the midst of you. So I said, let me see how much this thing going to cost me to change. Because you're talking about same day flight. And the way Delta works is you can change your flight, but you got to pay the difference between the ticket you got, and I got that ticket months ago, between the ticket you got and the cost of the ticket today. And normally, if you book a today flight, it's two or three times the cost of when you book it months ago. So I said, this thing gonna cost me a fortune to change. So I called them up. And I said, first of all, I wanna see if I can fly standby. And if I can fly standby, I make them reduce the cost and I said, tell me, how much is it to change it to a confirmed ticket? And the agent pulled it up, and she said, $2. And not only was it $2, she said, you get a $2 credit. I said, how in the world am I changing this to the same day flight, and I get a $2 credit? So I changed my ticket. This was, by this time, about 8 o'clock in the morning, and I had a shuttle that I had booked for January 31st. The shuttle picks up at 9 o'clock. So I contacted the shuttle company, told them I wanted to change it from January 31st to today, and I would be there at 9 o'clock. They changed it, no problem. I got packed up. I walked, because I didn't have a car. I walked everywhere. So I walked down to where the shuttle pickup was. The shuttle picked me up. I had no problem. with Everything went smooth. I got home at 8.30 that night. I walked in to see my good baby. My good baby was in the bed. 
I said, when were you doing in the bed at 8.30? She said, I'm just tired. I'm just tired. So I went in, talked to my good baby. By the next morning, my good baby had plenty of energy. Now, I don't know why I had to come home. There was nothing wrong. I could not see it in the obvious. Yesterday was my grandson's second birthday. I was there with my good baby, and my good baby was talking with her mother on her phone on the video, and I just leaned my head over and had my head touching hers and as she was talking with her mother. And then my good baby after that, she said, something about your head just feels so good. And then she even, as I was getting ready, she texted me, talking about, it was so nice having you home. <laughs> and sometimes you never know the why of why God has you to do something. And God had told me to study for the month of January. So I said, well, Lord, I'm not going to study Spanish because that Spanish leaving fast, and I really don't think I'm going to keep it up. <laughs> because, number one, the technology is changing so drastically. Even while I was there, the phone that I have, the new version of it, they have now a dedicated AI chip that does real-time language translation. I said, this technology is changing so fast that in two years, you won't need to know any other language. The computer and the phone will translate so fast that you just won't need it. So I'm not sure I'm going to be putting all this study in Spanish. I said, Lord, what do you want me to study? He said, I want you to go through the entire Bible for the rest of January. I said, wait a minute, Lord. I said, that's you know, we did a Bible project years ago called the Bible Speaker, where we actually paid to have a, a professional narrator narrate the Bible. So we have King James Version and modern versions fully narrated, fully dramatized. As a matter of fact, the fellow who did the dramatization and did all of the audio engineering on it is Rob, Chris's husband. And I looked at the file. I said, Lord, that's 78 hours. I said, to do that and to go through this whole Bible by the time January ends, I said, Lord, that's over seven hours a day. So I'm here arguing with the Lord on this. And this is what God spoke. And this may be the thing that for some, I don't know. This is what he spoke. He said, what else you got to do? What else you got to do? What else do you have to do? Because you were going to be gone the whole month of January anyhow. You had cleared all your stuff. What else you got to do? Because often when God will give us something and he'll tell us something and he'll lead us down a path, we got all these excuses about why we can't do it. And there are things that God has put in your heart, put in your mind. What else you got to do that prioritizes itself over what God has told you to do. What else you got to do? So as that thing hit me, I said, well, Lord, you're right. I mean, it's only seven hours a day, and it depends upon how you look at it. It's only seven hours a day, which means out of 24 hours, 
I have another 17 hours that I can do what I want to do. But God says, I want you to spend this time focused on my word. You spend seven hours a day, however long it takes you to get through that Bible before this month ends. So I got a lot of studying to do, but that's what he told me. Anyhow, how you all doing on your Bible read or your Bible listening? How you doing on it? And then if you're not doing so hot, what else you got? You can find time enough to watch Netflix. You can find time enough to do anything else you want to do. What else you got to do? So as God began to just deal with me on some things, take me through some things, humble me through some things, and he just even showed me even with my body. When I got to Costa Rica, Costa Rica is a different... Most of the countries outside of the U.S., the food is purer. It just is. Usually when I travel, I can eat more, but I lose weight because the food is cleaner. So when I got to Costa Rica, I'm hearing God speak, you can eat whatever you want as long as it's not packaged. So I literally ate meat every day. I have a limited, restricted meat diet. I'll eat meat, but I don't eat much of it. But there, I ate meat every day. One of the reasons I ate meat every day was because I was staying with this, well, it wasn't a full family. It was just the grandmother, the son, and the grandson. But she prepared breakfast for me every day, and she prepared dinner for me every day. For breakfast, I only had fruit. I thought all I wanted was fruit. So she had fruit, and I would have hot water. That's it. But my fruit plate was just Seven or eight different types of fresh fruit all cut up and there on the plate. Just phenomenal. But for dinner, she'd have me a full-blown meal. And none of it was vegetarian. I ate that meal and I ate it. And the thing about it, my blood pressure, which I have challenges with, by the time I had been there 10 days, my blood pressure was better than normal. My blood pressure was, was 110 over 70. I said, what in the world? I ain't eating no health food stuff. This is what they eat. But the food was clean. There's something about the environment that was low stress. And this may be, some of y'all just need to eat sitting down at the same place every day with somebody. That'll make a big change. Because see, even now, most of our stuff is to go and we own to go. We eating in the car, driving. You understand what I mean? And we're not even taking time to sit down. I'm not sure that it wasn't just the sitting there. And see, the lady sat there with me every meal. And I even told her, and I realized that because of the immersion, her household was a part of the immersion program. I knew that she was probably they had told her to sit there with me. So she couldn't speak a lick of English. And for the most part, I couldn't speak a lick of Spanish. So, so she would just be sitting there, and if I didn't, I would have to pull out my Google Translate and go through the translator because I couldn't speak a lick of Spanish. And I told her through the translator, I said, look, I understand that, you know, the school may require you to sit here. I said, but you don't need to sit here because I'm not talking. I don't talk that much anyway, and I can't speak any Spanish. I said, and you got other stuff to do. You don't need to sit here. She said, and I, one thing I understood that real clear, she said, hold on, I'll sit here. <laughs> so she wouldn't move. 
So every meal, she sat there, every meal. Then some of the meals I noticed, she had a lot of other her lady friends sitting at the table. So I'm sitting here eating my meal, and all these women just sitting there looking at me, just smiling. So I'm saying, because they were all in the 60s and the 70s, so all these, they got this good-looking black man, these black men got these numbers. And then all the folks said, man, you ain't built like no regular man. So I'm sitting here, and all these women are looking, smiling, and all this. So she fed me well every day. And, you know, that food just had a special touch with it, but my pressure just went super. But there is a principle just even in that. Some of you need to slow down and just at least eat your food every day, sitting down at the table and not on the go. And that may just calm some of your pressure down, take some of your stress off. It'll help your food to digest better. Just the change of your breakfast. Every morning, I'm sitting there eating my breakfast with your lady sitting there just looking at me smiling. Every morning, I'm eating my breakfast. And every evening, I'm eating my dinner. And I don't know, it may not have been just the pureness of the food. It may have just been the digestion and the vibration that happens when you just sit down for a meal. See, that's why Jesus had a lot of this stuff around meals, that last supper, just even to have supper and to sit down and to relax and be calm. That one little thing may just change some of you if you just commit to do that. And for even some of your husband and wife, just to sit down and have dinner every day. Just to break bread while you are calm may make a huge difference in your life. So just to be able to hear, and far more important than hearing, to be able to follow and to obey may change your world. And that's even how you speak. I was with my good baby once I got back, and George called. And my good baby had her phone on speakerphone. George did not know I was there with her. And when he called, George has this deep voice. Three of my four sons have very deep voices. And George has this deep voice, and when he called, what he said shook me. You all hear him preach. He'll preach this Friday. Every fourth Friday he preaches. But when he called, he said something that shook me. And I remember it absolutely verbatim, word for word. He said, good morning, my magnificent mother. How are you on this wonderful day? See, now, now, what in the world? <laughs> Good morning, my magnificent mother. How are you on this wonderful day? I said, that don't sound like a regular greeting at all. Matter of fact, I've never even heard a child addressed that parent. But, and he didn't know it, so it wasn't any putting on for his daddy or anything like that. He didn't know I was there. He didn't know he was on speakerphone. Good morning, my magnificent mother. How are you on this wonderful day? 
Some of you may just need to even change your greeting on how you address folk. That one little change could make a huge difference. How are you on this wonderful day? If you don't give people the opportunity to even say it ain't a good day, you tell them up front it's a wonderful day, then good morning, my magnificent mother. Do you understand the change it could cause in your relationship if you started calling your husband or your wife by a different name that was powerful? It's why I call my wife my good baby. Now, whether or not she's a good baby, it ain't got nothing to do with it. Call things as though they were, even if they be not. She texted me this morning. She said, good morning, handsome. That's why I said that handsome man sitting around that table, because my baby just told me that. <laughs> and it was stuck in my head. And I hadn't even thought about it. You've never heard me call myself that before. It was stuck in my head because my good baby just told me that. Just texted it to me. And it was stuck in my head. What do you have stuck in your spouse's head? And sometimes it's just these small things, but they make a huge difference. I God say it's going to be somebody in here. One thing you're going to say is going to make a significant impact. And just to even start calling folk a different name. And it begins to shape who they are by the name you give them. See, that was man's first job. That was Adam's first job. God had him in the garden naming things. So what do you name folk that's close to you? And what are you calling them? And it empowers them by the words that you call them. Because some of you are calling some rough names. Some negative names. I hear people come to them, boo. Why you gonna call your child boo boo? <laughs> it's gonna shape their mentality and it shapes who they are. And they think of themselves as boo boo. <laughs> so you need to call things that are not as though they were. And they will become into being. They will slowly begin to shape and form. Parables of life. Parables of life. When I emailed some people on the plane and told them, I was, they, they emailed me back, are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm doing better than fine. I'm doing fantastic. God has a mission in my life just as he has a mission in yours. And hopefully there's one thing that I've said among the many that will trigger an impact and cause just a tiny change of direction that causes a big change in destination. A tiny change in direction over time causes a big change in destination. And for the one person, and there's one thing that I said and it piqued your soul and your spirit and you felt that thing. Do it. And it's why I know I'll probably never be proficient at Spanish because I'm not going to keep it up. You got to keep it up. 
And I'm not going to keep it up because I know the technology will take over that weakness. And I can see right now, I'm just not going to need it. I'm going to have my phone with me and an AI-empowered chip that will interpret and translate and speak better than I can. You see, the AI will translate the words, but it will not translate the spirit. I couldn't understand a thing that grandmama was saying, but what I could understand was she was happy to be there. I did sense that. And I didn't know what she was saying, but I could feel she was glad to be there. And I began looking forward to that food every day. Matter of fact, one day I got there and she had six big butterfly shrimp. I don't eat shrimp. I don't eat anything that God tells you not to eat. I don't eat shrimp. And as I sat down, the scripture came to me where it's when you're at your brother's house. I can't remember. It says, you know, don't offend. Eat it. I hadn't had any shrimp in over 30 years. But I'm sitting there at this table. I'm looking at this lady that I know has prepared this food with love and grace. And I ate every one of them shrimp. <laughs> and they were good. So I ate every one of those shrimp. And I had no ill. I felt just as good. My blood pressure still stayed just perfect. Because there was a spirit behind it. And the spirit, I believe, the spirit is way more important than the food. There's just no question about that. I'd rather have barbecue ribs every day in a house of peace then have a big salad in a house of confusion. The spirit rules all. And that's why Jesus said for those who believe, you can even drink poison and it won't bother you. When you got your spirit right, and there are some churches up in rural America, and they do that. They handle the snakes and they drink the poison. They drink strychnine and it doesn't bother them. So that's true. If your spirit is right, the food won't bother you, but if your spirit wrong, you can be as pure eating as you want, and it's still going to mess you up because your spirit and your mind controls your body. And you can eat the worst stuff in the world with right spirit, and it's at Jesus, and it will not harm you. So I sat down to that table. I looked at them butterfly shrimp. They were good. They looked good. They were fried on top. They weren't even broiled. No, they were fried butterfly shrimp. Ate every one of them and just as healthy and felt just as good as I could be because it's spirit. Spirit rules all. And they transform these bodies by what we think, what we feel, our emotions, and our connections. So for today, I, I hope some of you got something from that. And I don't know who the one is. I don't know what the one thing was. But I know what God spoke. And next week I'll deliver the message that I recorded. But I'll do it live. I won't use the recording. And that'll bless someone. I thank all of you. Gracias.
Amen, amen, and amen. We're about out of time. We're going to stay on time today, so I'm going to just ask one of my brothers. We only got a couple of minutes, so whichever one of you I want to close us out in a hurry, a repeat <laughs> I got a few words, but I ain't worth a quarter with that Spanish. <laughs> amen. Well, just stand to your feet. We only got two, man. We thank God for just the message on the parables of life. So there were three things that I got out of it to take with you. So number one is to obey God. So he was obeying God to be there first of all, and then he had to obey God to come back. So he had to follow God, obey God. Number two is to eat together and just, you know, stop your work and the business, turn off the television, turn off your devices, eat together every day with your loved ones. And number three is watch what you call your loved ones. So just take those three lessons out of it and you might have gotten some other thing but I just wanted to re-impress those three upon you let us pray Heavenly Father we just thank you for taking Pastor to Costa Rica safely and we thank you for his experiences there and for bringing him back safely oh Lord we thank you for allowing as he blesses us we thank you for sending him places to bless others oh Lord we thank you for just using him as your hands in the earth, O oh Lord, as your voice in the earth. And we pray, O oh Lord, that even we get that as another lesson out of his parables that, that he demonstrated your word, O oh Lord, of how to be a blessing in the earth, O oh Lord. And we pray that we follow his example, not just the words, but we follow his example of how he obeys and goes and blesses others, O oh Lord. And we pray that you'll use us as a blessing unto others. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. You are listening to BrothersOfTheWord.com. This was the message titled, The Parables of Life, by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 2025. That's 2025. To listen to thousands of free messages, or to send this message number 2025 to a friend, go to BrothersOfTheWord.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to BrothersOfTheWord.com often because brother, you need the word. From brothers of the word.